Good morning. So good to be here with you, um, you know, and just be able to celebrate who God is. And I really love this passage of scripture we're looking at today from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verses 22 through 26, because it really um, it happens before some really important stuff where Jesus clarifies what he is going to do in his ministry to his disciples. And we'll talk about that. Um, but up to this point in the Gospel of Mark, people have been asking the question who is Jesus? Like, what is he all about? Why is he doing what he is doing? Um, because it's, to say it's unconventional is an understatement. Uh, he is completely having a different approach that is transforming people's understanding of who God is, how God loves, and what it is specifically God requires of us. So, let me read to us from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verses 22 to 26. Hear the word of the Lord. And they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees and walking. And then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. And he sent him away to his home, saying, do not even enter the village. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let me pray. Father, we do give you thanks for these words and pray that your spirit would enable us even now to see Jesus as we think about his work and the revealing of his kingdom. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. So, the idea of seeing something and really understanding something is not the same thing. You know that. The idea of perception is not the same thing as comprehension. Um, the fact that you've laid your eyes on something doesn't mean you totally understand it, of course. And people throughout history have been asking the question of who is Jesus and what does it mean to see him? And almost no historian denies the fact that a person named Jesus lived, but plenty of people deny what it is he claimed and what it is he did as being true. And so who is Jesus? How do we see him? I'm sure you've heard of C.S. Lewis. He has this uh, quote. It's really, I think, helpful because people today are still asking the question of who is Jesus? What does it mean to see him? C.S. Lewis writes this. I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about Jesus. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, some people say, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That's the one thing we must not say. A man, who has merely, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he's a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his, not, about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Who is Jesus? When you read the Gospel of Mark chapter 8 in these verses, you see something about who Jesus is and his power that regardless of what you think about who Jesus is, if this is real, if this is true, something wonderful is happening with who he is, to give sight to the blind. When you look at Jesus, um, it can actually be really uncomfortable at first because there's mystery in who Jesus is. And if you think about mystery in your life, and we're dealing with a lot of mystery and unknowns right now, usually you have emotions like fear and anxiety and uncertainty. 
And so the fact that Jesus has mystery can be, maybe provoke those things. 1 Corinthians 4 says, this is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Colossians 1, to them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, mystery which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Or 1 Timothy chapter 3.16, great indeed we confess, this is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up into glory. But here's what's incredible about Jesus. As you begin to gaze into who Jesus is, anxiety begins to dissolve. Uncertainty begins to get pushed back against the reality of who he is. Fear is deconstructed. The mystery that Jesus holds for us and being the God of heaven and earth who's able to walk among us and even heal the blind is meant to tell us something. It's meant to enable us to actually see who Jesus is. So the main idea this morning I want us to think about as we look at this story is the idea of Jesus's patient grace. When you look at Jesus, you have to be able to see how patient his grace is. And when you think about this story, there are actually four different places where Jesus expresses this patient grace to this man. And so I want to think through them together and I actually want you to begin to ask the question of where you are in this journey, these four different steps on this journey. In fact, most people go through these steps on a regular basis, sometimes even daily. But we're all in a place, we're all in this journey along with this blind man. So Jesus is there, right? He's in a village. People have heard he's doing some wild things, some amazing things. His disciples have seen him walk on water. Thousands of people have, seen him, uh, have been fed by him. His teaching is pushing back against the Pharisees, which are the religious leaders. And they don't really like what he's saying. And yet Jesus is changing the world. And so they're having difficulty recon reconciling that reality. Jesus' own disciples in, in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verse 21, just before this text about a man who's blind being able to see, don't miss the irony here. Jesus says to his disciples, do you not yet understand? Do you not yet see? Do you not yet see? And then there's a story about a blind man who's given sight. Are you tracking? So the blind man's friends bring the blind man to the village. Because they've heard about what Jesus is doing. They've heard stories even of people touching Jesus and being healed. And so they bring him in and Jesus is there and he sees him and he walks up to Jesus and Jesus takes him by the hand and takes him out of the village. And then Jesus does something very peculiar as he takes him out of the village. He spits on the man's eyes and then touches him. Now children, please hear me. Don't try this at home. Don't spit on your brothers and sisters and hold them and go, that's what Jesus would do. That is not what this is, okay? Jesus is doing something very, very special here. And children, just so you know, I'm actually going to read you a story at the end about a blind man who sees. So stay tuned for about 10 minutes, 15 minutes. You get a special story. But Jesus spits on the man's eyes. He touches him. He says, can you see? The man opens his eyes and goes, well, I can see, but it looks like trees walking around. Like, I, I, I can definitely see something, but I can't see enough. Jesus does it again. He touches him, lays his hands on him, says, open your eyes. The man opens his eyes. He sees. And Jesus says, don't go into the village. Go home. Don't go back to the village yet because I'm not ready to reveal who I am in that way. I have plans. Don't go to the village. Go, to your vi go back home to where you came from. 
So some things to note as we consider these four steps. One, the word is out about Jesus. I mentioned this earlier. The Pharisees and the religious leaders observe who Jesus is. They observe what he's doing. They do not really see who Jesus is. And they don't really see what he's doing. This is a really important lesson for those of us who have been brought up in the church. I was raised in the church. I've been observing who Jesus is my entire life. But there's a difference between observing the facts of who Jesus is and really seeing them in such a way that you're able to, to see. You know, when you observe Jesus, can you really see who he is? Now, if you ever come to my house, if I ever get a chance to do this with you, you're going to observe my puppy. And I'm going to see, I want to do a little test with you to see if you can actually see what he wants. Are you ready? If you observe my dog and he walks up to you and he gazes at you with those golden retriever eyes and he backs up slightly and then he turns towards his food bowl and he goes to his food bowl and then he looks back at you and starts whimpering, he probably wants his dinner, right? Or how about this? When I'm eating, he'll come lay his head on my leg and if I'm eating a cheeseburger, he starts whimpering and I can promise you he wants a big old bite of my cheeseburger. Or he'll get his bone. He'll bring his bone to me. He'll drop it on my toes. He'll back up and sit and wait a couple seconds. If I don't move, if I ignore him because I play a game with him, he picks back up the bone and he shoves it under my leg. And then I act like I don't notice it. And then he picks up the bone again and he lays it on my lap. And at this point, it's very slobbery and gross. And so I'll throw it and then he'll go and retrieve it. And so I thought what I would try to do with him is to try to beat him at this game. I can throw this bone longer than you're going to want it. You, that is incorrect. You will never pull it off. For two hours, I threw his little bone, and he kept going and getting it and bringing it back. But if you watch my dog, if you observe what he's doing, you can tell what he wants. When you observe Jesus and you see what he's doing, can you tell what he wants? What does Jesus want? What is he trying to reveal by giving a blind man sight? He is one who comes with patient grace, so we can see who he is. You know, you think about, in particular, the miracle that happens. Jesus touches this man, he spits on him. He can open his eyes and see a little bit, but then Jesus has to do it again. And I think there's a couple ways to kind of observe what's happening here. One is, Jesus' miracle formula was off, right? He had to give him two doses of healing before he could finally see. That's one interpretation. I don't think it's correct. The other interpretation, which I do think is correct, is that Jesus is actually taking this man through a journey of faith where he gets to understand that Jesus Christ actually wants a relationship with him, that he wants to invite him to participate in trusting in him and having faith so he can really see the kingdom of God. So four different things that go on, all right? The first encounter, the first expression of faith, the first time Jesus expresses uh, grace to this man is when the man's coming into the village, right? And you may be in this place. Maybe you've heard about who Jesus is. Or maybe you have people in your life who have kind of heard about who Jesus is or how people gather together and try to love on each other and, and they want to be part of that community and it's interesting to them, right? And so they're coming to see. Well, this man's coming to see and he's able to access Jesus. That's the first step in his journey of being able to actually see. The second encounter, Jesus touches the man and leads him out of the village. Now, are you noticing something? Why did his friends bring him to the village so he could touch Jesus and be healed? He's touched Jesus and he's not healed. What would you do as his friends at that point? What would you do as the man? Hey, we touched him. It didn't work. Maybe you'd run off. 
Maybe you would abandon ship. What does he do? He stays. He allows Jesus to lead him where Jesus wants to lead him. You will experience this in your spiritual journey. Jesus will lead you places where you think, well, I'm not getting what I think that I need or what's best. He's leading me, me this direction, and I'm not, I don't know where we're going or what's going to happen. That's exactly where this man was. He expresses faith by going ahead and following Jesus and allowing Jesus to lead him out. This man has no power, this, uh, his friends might have been thinking. This Jesus has touched him and nothing's happened. It's not working. But they go with him out of the village. That's the second encounter. The third encounter, Jesus spits on the man's eyes and touches him and says, hey, open your eyes, can you see? And the man opens his eyes. And if you were blind, if you had been physically blind and you opened your eyes and for the first time you were able to see prisms and the first time you were able to see the colors of light and even though they're just shadows of people, how would you respond? Maybe you would be angry if you thought you were getting healed because you thought, hey, you're not very good at this, Jesus. Like, I did, this didn't quite work. Or maybe you would think, that's enough. Thank you. I can see a little better. Now I can at least function in life with some kind of vision. What does the man do? He continues to express faith to wait. He doesn't respond in anger. He doesn't respond with judgment of what Jesus is doing. There are many times in the Christian life where you've prayed for God to do things and he doesn't do exactly what you're hoping or he leads in a direction you weren't expecting and I've been experiencing this this week. He leads in directions that you're not expecting to happen and you think, I don't know. I'm gonna trust you. Well, this man trusts him again. And a fourth time, Jesus touches him and says, open your eyes and the man opens his eyes and mystery of mysteries. Are you ready for this? The first face that this man sees is the very son of God. The one who gives sight. This man can see who Jesus is. This man understands. I want you to compare that to what Jesus has just said to his disciples in the gospel of Mark chapter 8 verse 21. Do you not yet see? I have walked on water. I've calmed you. I've fed the thousands. Do you not yet understand? This man, through his expression of faith four times, through Jesus' invitation to him to go on this journey, his trust to follow Jesus in places where he doesn't even know where it's going to go or exactly what's going to happen, but he goes on that journey because he believes that ultimately Jesus has his best in mind. Jesus brings this man into an active relationship of trusting who he is so that he might lead him to great places. Here's the good news for you. What we read in the scriptures is that if you tried to imagine the things that Jesus has planned for you, if you tried to come up with ultimately what he has in store for you one day, your imagination cannot even begin to describe the shadow of the thing he's prepared for you. In following him, in trusting him, in, in believing in him, he's actually leading us on a journey where one day he will say, open your eyes. See who I am. See the kingdom of God. Now, it's not all lost on the disciples, right? The gospel of Mark, chapter 8, verse 29, Jesus asks Peter, who do you say that I am? Peter gets it right. He says, you are the Christ. Do you see what's happened? The blind man was not the only one healed that day. The disciples are now asked, who do you say that I am? Who do you see? And, and Peter says, you're the Christ. 
Now what that means, for Jesus to be the Christ, it means he is the deliverer of deliverers. He is the healer of healers. The sustainer of sustainers. He's the way towards peace. He is the way towards restored marriages and friendships and relationships. He is able to bring perfect justice in places of great injustice. He is able to give a voice to the oppressed and the voiceless. Jesus is able to give us sight to see because his grace is patient. He even defeats death for us. That's the one who goes before you. That's the one who's inviting you into a relationship with himself. That's the one. When you read Paul's words in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, where he says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all are blind and cannot see who God is. Jesus is the one who gives sight to the blind. He's able to take those of us, which is everybody, who's born into this condition where we cannot see who God is, to have sight to see who God is. And the way that we're able to see is through the patient grace of who Jesus is. So think about those four stages for, again for a moment. The stage of coming to Jesus, coming into the village, being interested in who he is. You know, it's one of my favorite things to do at Christ the King as a pastor here is I get to talk to children who have been raised in this church or young people who are coming to faith and as well as adults. But I spend a lot of time with younger people who are saying, I've been raised in the church and now I'm ready to celebrate communion. They're coming to Jesus to learn about him, to hear about him. They're in that first stage. Maybe they're in that second stage where they're starting to follow who Jesus is. And they've come to that place where they want to actually be able to trust in him and see a little more, even if it's blurry. Because he will eventually enable us to see clearly as we should. You know, the blind, the, the blind man's friends, they hear about who Jesus is and they bring him to see him. You know, part of the role of the church is that we are really the place where as we love one another and as we serve one another and as Christians who go to the places where God has called us and we live out the reality of Jesus's patient grace that people hear about who Jesus is and they begin to walk on that journey to come to Jesus to begin to follow Jesus to begin to see him and then to see him clearly you know, sometimes in our lives, you know, maybe you're going through, we all are going through a lot of difficult things, but maybe there's something that's really challenging your faith that Jesus is good. Step one, come to Jesus. Read the scriptures. Wonder about his promises. Hear these stories of his great healing. Follow him. And as you follow him, you begin to see him. That's how his grace works. His grace is never uh, ineffective. He's patient with us. He invites us on this journey. Now, what's, in, what's incredible to me is that as God, as Jesus tells us, the greatest commandment is to love God the Father and the second is to love one another. As we experience this patient grace of who Jesus is and we begin to express it towards others, you realize the mystery of who Christ is begins to flow through us toward other people. So if you're married, this is an incredible lab to experiment with being patient with your husband or wife, wherever they are in this journey, whether they're just coming to Jesus in that moment, or maybe they're starting to follow him, but they're struggling to see who he is, or maybe they see him, but they don't see him clearly. See, if Jesus can be patient with us in this process and we learn to imitate that patience of his grace toward others, the result is that people can see the kingdom of God. 
or in any of your relationships. I promise you have tons of people in your life who are in different steps of this journey, either just coming to hear who he is, or maybe they've heard a little bit, so they come to church some and they're trying to follow Jesus, but you're not even sure if they really quite understand who he is. That's okay. That's exactly who this man was. Jesus has them on a journey, and he will lead them graciously to a place where they will see him more and more and more. This patient grace in all areas of our life. You know, Jesus sends this man back home. He doesn't say, okay, well, now you're with me. Join the disciples. We're headed this direction. He says, I want you to go home. I want you to take this patient grace I've given to you, and I want you to go express it in your home. That, that's what I want you to do. Go figure out how to make what, I, what you have seen in me clear elsewhere. And as followers of Jesus, we can read these stories. And if Jesus is able to do these sorts of things, and they're not just miracles in a vacuum. Remember, just before this, Jesus says to them, do you still not understand? Do you still not see? And just after this story, Peter, in fact, does see when Jesus says, who am I? And, Jesus, and Peter replies, you're the Christ. Jesus has his own disciples going through this process. Jesus is the one who is able to be gracious to us, and his grace is enough to enable us to see. So if you're struggling to see Jesus right now, I have good news for you. As you come here, as you read the scriptures, as you rest in him, as you struggle to believe, he opens your eyes slowly. And maybe you'll see blurrily. Maybe you'll see trees. But what he's doing is he has you on a journey, on a process. Now, children, I've got a story for you. And the cool thing is, is though you can't see this very well, we're going to have him actually back here. This is the first picture of the story. And what I want to do, this is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10. And it's another story of someone who Jesus gives sight to. He is in the business of enabling us to see. So let me read this to you. And parents and everybody else, I think you'll, you'll like the story. So here's a guy named Bartimaeus. His eyes were sick. He couldn't see the sun. He couldn't see the trees. He couldn't see the houses. He couldn't see people. But Bartimaeus could hear. And one day, he heard lots of people walking. Step, step, step. He heard lots of people talking. Talk, talk, talk. What is happening, asked Bartimaeus. What is happening? What is happening? It's Jesus, somebody said. Jesus, come down the road. We're talking with him. It's Jesus, Bartimaeus said to himself. Jesus can make my eyes well. Jesus, he called. Help me, Jesus. Help me. That's right. Now, lots of people were making noise walking. Lots of people were making noise talking. But Jesus heard Bartimaeus anyway. And Jesus stood still. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked kindly. Lord, said Bartimaeus, I want to see again. What do you think Jesus said? What do you think he said? I'll tell you what Jesus said. He said, yes, you may see, he told Bartimaeus. And all at once, Bartimaeus saw the sun. Bartimaeus saw the trees. 
Bartimaeus saw the houses, Bartimaeus saw the people, but best of all, Bartimaeus saw Jesus. You know, my prayer for you this week and for me this week is that as maybe go back and read this story and ask the Lord by the power of his spirit to give you sight into how to love others or to give you sight into how to understand that his love is so profound for you that it changes everything because his message of grace, his patient grace is true for us. Let me pray for us. Lord, we do give you thanks that you are one who is absolutely committed to enabling us to see you for who you are, that you have the power to heal the blind, that you are the one who has the power to defeat death, that you're the one who has the power to enable us and to sustain us through these very, very difficult times that we're enduring. And we would call upon you to give us sight, to see the power of your patient grace, that we might walk in your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.